All praises to Allah and may his peace and blessings be upon his servant and messenger, our master Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Brothers and sisters, this is the most sacred day of the entire year. We don't notice it. Why? Because we've come to a land far from the land of our forefathers. That's okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Hijra is also a part of Islam. Moving from one place to the other, the entire earth belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's nothing wrong with it, there's no shame in it. But there are difficulties. This is a sacred day, whether you see the people notice it or they don't. Are you a more extreme creation or the heavens? Allah Ta'ala built all of it. This planet is a little speck in a solar system which is less than a speck in a galaxy, which is less than a speck in the universe. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala declared and decreed this day is sacred. And who is Allah? Allah Ta'ala is the one who created time and He's the one who created space. This is a sacred day. This is the day that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala commanded the believers to make a sacrifice. You're familiar with the story of the sacrifice, right? Allah Ta'ala showed a dream to Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. And despite all of shaitan's attempts to stop him from making the sacrifice of his son, all of the attempts to stop his wife from, from to get his wife to stop him from making sacrifice of his son, all of his attempts to get the son himself to extricate himself from the sacrifice, what, what happened? What was the result? The result was still that he ran the knife over the throat of his son. And Allah Ta'ala miraculously saved him. Allah Ta'ala substituted in the place of that sacrifice what? Another ram. This is the first important lesson everyone needs to remember. I'm not going to recount the story in its detail because you're familiar with it. The first important lesson is what? Allah Ta'ala asks you for sacrifice. But does he make you give it? Did Ismail salam, did he die? No. Shaitan scares you that you'll lose everything if you do what's right, if you do what's good. And what ends up happening? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves his people. Look, everybody will die one day. Even if you're rich, no matter what passport you have, even if you're beautiful, even if you're young, even if you're healthy, even if you work out every day, even if you eat right, even if you have a healthy heart, even if you have good blood pressure and you don't have diabetes and you don't have any issue, still everybody dies. Everybody dies one day. It happens to everybody. But Allah Ta'ala doesn't leave anyone behind who wishes to be his friend. Allah Ta'ala asks for sacrifice, but does he take it? No. You look, you see, it looks like you lost something. Instead, Allah Ta'ala gave you something greater. This is the first, le the first lesson that we have to remember from this Eid. Once we know this lesson, now we're free. Fear no longer shackles us and holds us back as slaves. We don't work for our boss anymore. We don't work for the government anymore. We don't work for other people's expectations. We don't work for the eyes of other people. What are they going to say about us? What are they going to judge us? Now we get to choose what it is that we want to do. If you want to serve someone or something, everybody serves something or another. Everyone has a God that they worship. Some people it's money. Some people it's stone and wood. Some people it's other people's expectations. Some people it's their own ego. Everyone is going to worship some God. Why not worship the God who created the heavens and the earth? Because unlike 
every other thing that people worship, that's the only Allah Ta'ala is the only God that can actually give you something back, something to help you, something to benefit you in this world and the hereafter. Now you're free. You're free. You did your qurban, you did your udhiyah. You didn't have to sacrifice or lose anything. You're going to yourself eat from it. If you're not going to eat from it, that's your own choice if you sold it, send it overseas. But if you did it by your own hand, Allah Ta'ala says, here, take it, eat it. Allah Ta'ala is not interested in the meat and he's not interested in the blood. What he's interested in what is the state inside of the heart. Brothers and sisters, I'm honored. I was called by the Uzbek community, mashallah, who's hosting this Salat al-Eid. The Salat is for everybody. There's also Uzbek and non-Uzbek here. But I'm still honored that I was called by this community to host this or to serve this Eid Salat, that's hosting this Eid Salat. Anyone from Samarkand here? Anyone? MashaAllah. The only part of the old city that wasn't destroyed. Right next to the Afrasiyab is the Mazar of Sayyidina Qutham ibn, ibn Abbas Companion of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The most noble resident of all of Samarkand, MashaAllah. And what do they call him? shah Zindah, the living king. Even though he was never king in the worldly sense. Why do they say these shah Zindah? Why is it not Wal-Iyadu Billah shah Murdah? Why? Because he gave his life in the path of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. You know the story about this? Even if you know it, it's good. I can, if I know it, I can hear it again a hundred times and still be happy. He is the cousin, first cousin of the Prophet Same relation as Sayyidina Ali. Same relation as Abdullah bin Abbas. His fadila is what? That the last person in the grave of the Prophet the people who went in the grave and received his noble person and set him in the grave facing the Qibla. The last person to be with him that came out of the, the grave of the Prophet Qutham ibn Abbas anhuma. His cousin was the governor of Khurasan during the time of conquest, Sa'id bin Uthman ibn Affan, the son of Uthman bin Affan, radiallahu anhu. He said to him, my cousin, you come, we're going out in the path of Allah Ta'ala. We're going to take this message of La ilaha illallah to a people who have never heard of it before. It's going to be dangerous. They will fight us, they will resist us. Come with the army. If you come, you're the blood of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You're the first cousin of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. I promise you, I'll give you 1,000 shares. 1,000 shares of ghanima that a normal soldier would receive. You know the spoils of war, the war treasure from victory? I'll give you 1,000 shares if you come with us. If it was us, I said, I'm not going 1,000 shares, man. It's dangerous. Even Samarkandi guys probably wouldn't go back to Samarkand if it was dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. I'm happy here in Naperville. Those people were different than you and me. Mashallah, you guys, I know you guys are not like me. I'm a coward. Maybe you guys, you guys are not like me. You know, but that's a, the shaitan puts the thought in your head, right? But then when you remember Allah, then the thought goes away. So what did he say? Sa'id, his cousin Sa'id says, I'll give you a thousand shares of ghanima. Then he said, you know, it's okay. You don't have to do that. I'll come with you. Just give me the khums, the share that's reserved for the family of the Prophet I'll take my part of it. 
And then after that, he thought about it more and he said, you know what? Forget it. Even if you don't give me that, I'll come anyway. And so they conquered Samarkand. And then after the army left, what happened? The local garrison overthrew them and they executed him. And he was shaheed in the path of Allah. Abtal me, the first cousin of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Where is his homeland? Is it Samarkand? Where is it? It's Medina, right? That he left Medina Munawwara. Mashallah, so many of you are from Medina. You have seen Medina as well. What a wonderful and beautiful place. What a happy place. What a calm and serene place. Why would anybody ever want to leave for any reason? Much less for something dangerous. But he went out in the path of Allah Ta'ala and he planted the flag of Islam in that place. That same Samarkand. I went to Madrasa, Mashallah, the eight-year Darsh Nizami course without a exaggeration. Maybe something between 40 and 60% of the books are written in the area of Samarkand. Just one graveyard, Chakardiza, the one Qabristan in, in Samarkand. I can bring you a stack of books heavier than one man can carry just from the number of ulama in one graveyard. And these are not just random books. These are the books that are read all over the world. The Hidayah, Sahibul Hidayah, Burhanuddin Marghalani. Although Marghalan is in Farhana, but he, he lived and passed in Samarkand. He wrote the four mujalladat, the four volumes of the Hidayah. Something like seven or ten years it took him. He made i'tikaf in the masjid. Every day he fasted, he stayed in the masjid continuously for so many years. And he wrote that book. Why do people do that? You don't have to fast in order to write a book. Why? Because they have connection with Allah Ta'ala. This is why his book is read from the east until the west. It's a book of Hanafi fiqh. Everybody reads it though. The Shuruhat of the Hidayah, the Ottoman Turkish scholars are writing their commentaries on it. Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani, the canonical commentator of Sahih Bukhari. He wrote a sharh. He's, not, he's a Shafi'i. He's not even a Hanafi. He wrote a commentary uh, on, uh, on the Hidayah. Nasbur Raya, written by Zayla'i. Zayla'i is a Somali. You know Somalia? Is it close to Samarkand? No. Zayla'i wrote a commentary on the Hidayah. Just one scholar. Next to him, Taftazani. Next to him, Imam al Huda, Abu Mansur al Maturidi. So many people, mashallah, this is just a couple of names. If I start naming, then everybody is going to get bored very quickly and it's going to become a long talk. All of it is what? From the sacrifice of those few people who came and planted the flag. Did they know what's going to happen in the future? No. Do you know what's going to happen in the future? You also don't know. Maybe the people around us, they also will become Muslim and they'll also make dua for you people that used to pray Salat al-Eid in the Marriott when there's a big Eidgah and a huge masjid. And they'll say, these people, their forefathers came from Samarkand and from Bukhara and from Tashkent, from Tirmiz. They came from Pakistan and India, from Arabistan, from Africa, from these places. And they brought this message of La ilaha illallah. But it's not automatic, it's not guaranteed. How is it going to happen? You have to work for it, you have to sacrifice. If you tune into the system of materialism, I'm just going to work nine to five. I'm just going to work five days a week. I'm going to buy my money and then I'm going to buy a house. And then after that, I'm going to buy a bigger house. And then after that, I'm going to buy a bigger house. Buy a house, alhamdulillah, no problem. Please buy a house big enough for you and your family. The next thing after that is not to buy a bigger house. Buy a car. The next thing after that is not to buy a more expensive car. 
Eat food, eat good food, buy organic, alhamdulillah. But the point is not to go to the more expensive restaurant that last year I was poor, I only used to eat $100 meal and now I eat $500 meal because some guy throws salt on my food like this. No. This is what? This is the slavery of fools. This is the slavery of fools. Our forefathers weren't like that. Your children, send them to school. Make sure that they learn math. Make sure that they learn science. Make sure they learn English. Make sure they also learn the Quran. Send them to the madaris so that they can sit and memorize the Quran. Memorizing the Quran doesn't make anyone stupid. It actually makes them smart. It trains the memory and it makes them excel in other sciences as well. Do for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you also have this vision in your head. You know Timur, Masha Samarqandis are getting all the attention today. You know Timur, right? Outside of Samarqand has somewhat of a different impression on people. But put him to the side for a second. He conquered the world, didn't he? He built Samarqand in gold because of how much wealth he brought home. He conquered the world. Once they have all the money, what did they do with it? Mirza Ulughbek, what did he do with all the money, his grandson, after his grandfather passed away? They built madrasas. They learned knowledge. Right? The Rajasthan Square is the place where people come, Muslim and Kafir. Kafir person doesn't know Allah or his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa They just come and see, oh, look at the brick. Oh, look at the squiggly writing. Looks so fancy. Right? But do they understand the meaning of any of it? Do they understand that on every door is written, the ulama of my ummah, that the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa said, the ulama of my ummah are like the prophets of Banu Israel. Somebody who is an atheist, what does he know who is the ummah and who is ulama and what is a prophet? That the Rasul sallallahu said, the ulama of my ummah are like the prophets of Bani Israel. They're the ones who know how to talk to Allah Ta'ala. They're the ones who know how to solve your problems. They're the ones who know how to turn your life around from chaos into order. They're the ones who know how to make your life worth living. Mirza Ulughbek himself used to make service of those people. All the emirs, they built all these madaris. Why? Because when they had money, inshallah, all of you guys, who, everybody wants money, alhamdulillah, mashallah. There's some darwish here who doesn't want money, make dua for me. The rest of us, all of us want money, alhamdulillah. But when you get it, what do you want to spend it on? You just want to make TikTok videos? Is that what you want to do with it? Those people, they got, literally conquered the world. What did they do with the money? They knew nothing more valuable, nothing more precious to spend that money on, except for what? Except for ilm. Except for what? Except for ilm. Every kind of ilm. The Madras of Mirza Ulughbek, it's an it's a astronomical observatory. The tour guides tell everybody, oh look, you, can, you know, they knew the stars in astronomy and science technology. But next to that, what was taught as well? What did Allah Ta'ala say? What did His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam say? How do you clean yourself? How do you buy and sell without cheating people? How do you buy and sell without oppressing people? How do you run a government without oppressing people? How do you be happy in this world? And how do you be happy in the hereafter? Then after you know all of those things, then when you look at the stars, then it will benefit you. If you don't know any of those things, I promise you every star in the sky a day will come, it's gonna go blank, it's gonna go out. What then? What's the point? What's the point of building observatory then? It's in the Quran, the same Quran we read. The day that the stars are put out, that their light stops. What then? What are you going to do then? Alhamdulillah, mashallah, these madaris, the reason they're beautiful is not because of the gold and the tiles and the fancy calligraphy. 
or because they have an astrolabe that they can look at the stars with. It's because they know what to do when they look right now, and they will know what to do the day even the stars go out, so that they can save themselves and they can save others. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this gathering mubarak. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us. If He accepted from any of us, may Allah ta'ala accept from us. May Allah ta'ala accept from our, us our sacrifices. May Allah ta'ala give a bright future to our children. May Allah ta'ala take away from our hearts the garbage of the love of things that, that die. The garbage and the, of the love of things that are harmful for us. And may Allah ta'ala fill our hearts with the nur of those things that are everlasting. Those things that are beautiful. And may Allah ta'ala look at us from amongst all of His creation. And say that these ones, their forefathers were mine as well. And they also, they belong to me as well. I will keep them. And I will keep their honor in this world and the hereafter. So that we can also look to Allah ta'ala and say, Ya Allah, keep our honor in this world and the hereafter. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Barakallahu feekum. Eid mubarak. Wassalamu alaikum wa